thank you for joining me here at the Professor Notes. Grab a drink and sit down and let's have a chat. And when we're done, feel free to join me over at theprofessornotes.com and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. This is a recording of my presentation on collaborative research tools given on March 24th at the Penn State Capitol College campus here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. For an outline of what I discussed and some of the tools I talked about, come check out theprofessornotes.com. And now, the presentation. Hi. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, collaborative tools uh, for research. And I really, I've been thinking about it, breaking it down into three bullet points because everything has to be in three bullet points. That's what the Air Force taught me. Right, but in terms of collaboration and research, there's collaboration in conducting research, there's collaboration in documenting the research, and then there's collaborating in the final writing of the, the research articles, which you know, I need to be working a little harder on, right, Rafiq? Uh, so what I wanted to talk about were some of the tools that, that we've all probably seen before, uh, but if not, hopefully some of them are, are going to be new to us, and if not, then uh, we can share the other tools that I may have missed as we go through this. I will uh, start off and say that I've got a document out there that I, uh, I'll make available, and I've got to figure out how. It's, it's, it's on my Google Docs called Tools and Tutorials, which outlines a lot of these. Uh, in fact, um, let me just go to, we're going to be spending time in Google Docs anyway. How many of you use Google Docs? Anybody? Most of you? For collaborative writing or just for your own stuff? Or for both. So I created this document, I stuck it up here, and it's in my syllabus for my students. And let me tell you what I'm doing with my students and, and how this all ties together for me. Uh, I podcast my lectures, I record my lectures. In fact, I'm recording this right now uh, so that I can stick this up on my blog. If anybody's curious about the ramblings of me, it's theprofessornotes.com is one of them, sctoday.net's the other one, and my son and I do fathersonchats.com. But uh, I'll, I'll stick these sorts of things up there, but I have my students also do a podcast presentation for the end of the semester uh, for SCM 310, my inventory class has to do a weekly news podcast of inventory stories in the news. So they're busy doing these sorts of things. And I, as, so I put together a list of tools that they can use to help them as they work together. The first one being Google Docs, which I'm showing you this in Google Docs. Uh, they also have other Google tools. Uh, for those of you that were paying attention to the news a week or so ago, They've just rebranded Grand Central, the phone system, as Google Voice. It's pretty cool. I've enjoyed that. My review's up at theprofessornotes.com as well. Uh, but I also have them using delicious tagging. And I'm seeing the heads nod. So there's nothing new under the sun in this presentation. So I'm, I probably should just sit down and let you guys take over. Uh, but delicious tagging is kind of neat. It lets you find or let, lets you bookmark and tag and comment on what you find in the web in a way that allows you to share that with other people. And as you go through, then continuing on to the list, uh, 
Digo, Digo, D-I-I-G-O. It's very similar. A friend of mine, I met him on Twitter, Chris Champion. He's here in the local area. He's an educator at secondary schools. He suggested that we look at Digo, D-I-G-O, however you pronounce it, D-I-I-G-O, that the students can then build a group, researchers can then build a group of their own. Uh, there's some other tools out there that I recommended to them, simply a study tools, then that's on the list. Comp fight, apparently somebody was working on their, their comprehensives or some such and they started trying to come up with a way to get some shareware or some Creative Commons licensed images and so I stuck that up there for them if they wanted to use images in a presentation. Uh, and then we have some very specific tools here. I have a class, my MBA students do a blogging initiative so I have some information on them on how to blog. And then the wiki at the Penn State wiki spaces. So what I'd like to do uh, that's, is I'll start off with Delicious tagging. How many of you use Delicious? One, two, three. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> Tom's got this list of things he's written down. He's working. Was it one, one tech tip a week? Yeah, one a week. One tech tip a week. He's working through. And um, what I like about Delicious tagging is you find as you as you find something on the web. It's del.icio.us, delicious. Uh, and as you find something on the web, you go in there and you can tag it inside delicious and it will go through and, and mark it and you can search for it later. There's a couple ways, you, one is the way where I find stuff and I stick stuff out there and I'll talk about that in a second, but the other interesting thing is there's the whole notion of the wisdom of the crowds. Have you all read that book, The Wisdom of Crowds? Uh, it's an interesting read, um, you know, 10 pages in. Well, I'm not sure how many pages I am. I'm reading it on my Kindle. Uh, I'm a little ways into it. And the idea is that the group sourcing, that people find things, they tag things in a similar way. And so if you're looking for something, you don't have to rely on one person keywording their, their article and going, well, I hope they had the same keywords for their article that I would have used. We're all tagging these things. And the majority of the tags for a certain things show up at the top of the list, at the top of the hit parade here. So just in a straight, uh, delicious tagging, what, what sort of areas do we research? Give me something of interest. Give me something interesting that we research. Community of firms. What firms? Community of firms. Oh, I was target costing. I didn't know so I find very, uh, what, I've, what it's found here are things that, that either tag in with com community and firms or that people have tagged as community. So it may or may not fit what we're looking for. What else? Target costing. Target costing. Two words. <laughs> Is it really? Cool. Target costing. There you go. Uh, best practices in target costing for management accounting quarterly. Uh, and Malusek, whoever this person is, is the first person to find many of these. Or wouldn't be surprised if, I, mean, I would be surprised, I suppose, if it's the author. But So you can go in here and just, just by searching for these sorts of things, it will then take you to what they found. You go, okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, I'm finding what other people have found, and it seems to be taking me to a professional source. Uh, and so they've tagged it in that sense. You can even go in and say tag um, um, things you find in the, in Lias, if that's what you wanted to do. What, what I'm having my students do, and what I'm doing for my classes, 
is I'm also telling them, tag it with the class number. So management 523, which is not showing up, because I spelled it wrong. In management 523, if they find something or I find something that we think is interesting to the class or related to the content that we're studying, we can go in and tag it with MNGMT 523. And then we can go and look for this. Well, I found collaborative effort for TSA. If you, if you can tell, I really am into this collaboration thing and people working together. Uh, that's actually a research area of mine, collaborative supply chain management. Uh, GE goes to the cloud for supply chain applications. The cloud meaning the, the internet servers, like Google Docs is in the cloud. It's not, not residing on my computer or server here. It's sitting out there. Uh, uh, see, somebody, a senorita Smurf found one on how to succeed with service and hotel marketing strategies. It's a service operations class. Hotel services are important, and by the way, she runs a hotel in Carlisle, so it makes sense that she found that. So my students are tagging these things with Management 523, and these things are, are showing up for each other to be sharing information inside the class. Well, that still hasn't answered the question, how do I deal with this in terms of research, because that's why we're here, right? We're here to talk about how we use collaboration and research. Well, if you build a team of researchers, you and three other people are working, and ideally, you know, we're we're all sitting in the same office next to each other and we share the same views and there's no diversity of opinion there so we can get everything written in 30 seconds and we're done and the editor of the journal is right next door, right? So we're good to go. But the, actually, ideally, we're working with a diverse group of people on a team. Perhaps we all went and got our doctorates together but we scattered to the, across the winds and we're either across the continent or across oceans. Well, we can go in here and we can start tagging things that we find in terms of research. And you can do it one of two ways. One, you can tag it with a team name. So come up with a, a really creative team name you don't think anybody else will use, that maybe nobody else has used. And just start using that as a tag like we used Management 523. I just assumed, actually, that no other university ever would teach Management 523 and use delicious tags simultaneously. I'd like to think at some point that will not be true, but as for, as for now, that seems to, seems to be holding. So you go through, you can make a tag. The other thing you can do is you can actually tell it that you can build a network of people. And I need to sign in. That's the other thing. You have a, a username and password. You'll notice I'm SCM professor because I picked that a while ago, and it's just, it's everywhere now. It's my Twitter name. It's my... Uh, Google name is everything. And so you'll see things that I've bookmarked, things that everybody's bookmarked that I'm, that I'm tying into. And now I can go in and I, I can build a network of people. And in my network, this is what people in my network have found. Parts and pieces is someone in my photography network. I, I'm into photography a little bit, so I have that going on. Uh, but let's see, how many of you are going to be at the thing on Friday. Technology thing. The, the, the uh, keynote speaker, Cole Camplice, uh, I guess he's speaking at 12 o'clock. Uh, I have him in my network here. So I can see the things that he's tagging. And I can tag things specifically for them. So I can go in. Uh, my brother is up there somewhere. As, he's Targum man. So I go in and I find stuff that's of interest to him or that I think I just want to overload his mailbox with. And when I tag something, I can tag for Targum Man. So if you're working with a two-person team and you find something of interest. <laughs> I'm listening to your shirt, Pete. <laughs> uh, I, I can tag a two-person team 
if I'm, if I'm in a two-person team or even a three-person team, I can tag the two or three people that I'm working with just with the four colon tag and it'll stick it in there. And what it ends up doing at the same time is in the browser, especially if you're using like Firefox, there'll be a little envelope down here which says, hey, somebody's tagged something for you. And so as you're going through the research process, in the conducting the research, I really like this in the sense that it allows me to share the research that I'm finding. So I use delicious tagging to identify things of, of interest to the other people that I'm working with. We can then start using this to, to frame our discussion. What have you found? That lit review, that whole lit search process of where we're going with this thing. The next step that I like and that I'm even having my students do is the wiki. I think we've all used Wikipedia. As faculty members, I think we will refuse to admit that we've used Wikipedia, uh, but we have. And Wikipedia is part of that the wisdom of the crowds argument uh, that says that when you have a large number of people constantly reviewing and editing this, you're going to find that while the errors will get into the system, errors will be ferreted out fairly quickly. Right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, the fact is it's a great way for multiple people to contribute to a, to a document as you start gathering and sourcing information and you start framing information. So what I'm having my students do and what I recommend as, as a research approach is to create a wiki. I would recommend we use wikispaces.psu.edu because I'm a company man and uh, you know I wear blue and white, drive a blue car and I go to football games. And so you, know, you go in here and you can see my my spaces, these are all the spaces we have here. The project we're working on is Harrisburg Local Business Projects. And the way I have my students doing this is the, pro the podcast they do as their project at the end of the semester is to go interview a local business and do a business report like you'd hear on NPR or Marketplace or something like that, where they use the interview as audio quotes they throw them into the middle of the, inter of, the, of the podcast, but they tell the story. They narrate the story. But they're gathering information about local companies. And as they go through the semester and semester after semester after semester, we get a lot of great information. And I've been working with Tom, and he's looking at maybe adding this to the managerial accounting class, where they then start documenting not just my stuff, supply chain, inventory, scheduling, forecasting, and those sorts of things. But we're going to start looking at maybe adding in how does that business do accounting and those sorts of things. So how does this play out for them? I don't quite know yet uh, how it's ultimately going to go. But let's look at Excel Logistics and look at, <laughs> they told me they were done. Um, this isn't working for them. Remind me to uh, fail this group. <laughs> they don't, they don't have um, who else? I know Trogues has already done their interview. Great. Ultimately, the idea is, and it's not working, is as, as they start finding information and summarizing information, they throw it in the wiki here. And so they're starting to build the flow of information, kind of like an annotated bibliography. But it's an annotated bibliography that becomes persistent in that when the class is over, this is going to stay in the wiki. And what I'm hoping to do is that as we go from class to class, from semester to semester, from year to year, we're updating an ongoing program or database here of local businesses 
that when we want to know something about a local business, we can say, hey, our students looked at that business a couple semesters ago. Let's at least pull that up, get the contact information, see a summary of what that business is all about. And even as faculty, if we want to start doing research into local businesses for whatever reason in the business school, we can look at that and say, okay, that's, that's a type of business that they're doing the sorts of things that I think we're interested in, so let's go in and I can be a little smart as I go into the process. And semester after semester, if students go in, you know, my, my thinking is, I'm going to tell them, you can do the Coliseum again, but if they've already covered forecasting and inventory control, you need to validate what's there, step one, and then you need to pick two more topics coming out of ops and supply chain for that company. So we start fleshing it out as we go and we're, and we're validating. Why am I bringing this up? I'm telling you what my students are doing. I'm not talking about research that I'm doing, right? Or how to do this in research. Again, I think if we use a wiki as a way of collaborating on the team, you identify the things first and you start sharing the information. You're reading the same sorts of things everybody else is reading with delicious tagging. And then you start capturing that information and, and shaping it in a way that starts flowing your outline for your document or for the outline for the research itself. So what's important to you? What's the, what's the background I need to have on, on whatever it is I'm looking at? Then what's the other literature say? Uh, I'm looking at some stuff right now on grounded theory and case study methodology. And so if, as I'm going back in there, maybe I'll start, as part of the wiki, I'll start putting something together on grounded theory research and what it means to be conducting grounded theory research and the background, the history of grounded theory research. And once I put that up there, I would recommend that as a collaborative community of researchers and academics, we make this available. So when we start coming up with pedagogical tools and approaches and start documenting and we need to do, we're all going to start, we're not all going to do grounded theory research, we're not all going to do ethnography, but we're also not all going to do Excel spreadsheet and simulation. But if we start putting our lit searches up there and the latest things we find up there and documenting it, we help each other out as we go through this process, not just for the research we're doing, but for the research that others are going to be doing as well. Uh, unless, of course, we're cutthroats. Yeah? So the, the quick question regarding the logistics uh, about the time frame. Say, for example, if you're teaching a class, and this is obviously a part of your class material, when do you ask your students to provide the information online? And we, don't, we really don't want to have uh, raw data out there for other people to review the other students' work or to you. In this particular case, I don't mind. In fact, I'm, I'm a little, I'm more than a little disappointed as I show this to you uh, because I was hoping there'd be more out there. Because what I told them is as you go along, you're all doing different companies. What, what are you going to get from seeing what somebody else is doing as they document their wiki? That, the wiki is not the final project. The podcast is the final project. I will have to remind them that the wiki in this semester is 20% of the grade. <laughs> you know, so they, they're kind of letting go on this one. But the... What I wanted them to do was to see what sorts of things other teams are documenting. And so, the, wait a minute, I didn't ask that question or I didn't get that information about the Coliseum that they got at AC Moore. So I'm going to go back and dig up some more stuff. Not, not a competition, but just a sense of what other teams are getting in terms of information should be allowed, you know, should encourage them to. This, this is an open document, right? Anybody from anywhere. This one is not. It's just for uh, your class and students that are <coughs> this. This, from, from Harrisburg Local Business Projects on down, is closed, as I understand it right now, it's closed to business school faculty and the students in my class. You can set permissions. You can have it open just to the five people working on the project and have it open to the world. Yeah, yeah. And you set permissions yourself when you create the wiki. Okay. Yeah. So in this he's, case... He's trying to get the whole school business collaborating. That's why this is open to the mm -hmm. school business. Yeah, yeah, and that would be nice, but... Um, 
everybody uses for class projects and stuff, there's all this IRB kind of pointing gun at your head and after you, so I just want to make sure that it's not like a public document. You could even have it where teams can't review stuff. each other's work if you wanted to. Yeah, the where each team is only allowed access to theirs. One of the reasons that I asked that question was we have a tendency of not to write something in public if you are not sure what, what you have done. I mean, if you are not confident on what you have done, you tend to not to. I mean, that's probably a good tendency, not to write something you're in public that you're not sure of. <laughs> so if you have a deadline, say, so online during the course, then you, you ask students that this is a deadline for at least this part has to be done, or things like that, they may walk off, but I don't know. So you think they're holding back because they're, they're afraid of what, what others will see well, and what others will think? I wouldn't be comfortable writing something wide open. And see, and, and but it's still it up until it's until the end. Yeah, and, and this that's actually an interesting thing. I need to I need to work on that because the intent behind this is to get beyond the fear of exactly. of criticism, but and to, and, to, and to embrace the notion of everybody working together as a community. I mean, it sounds all kumbayaish, but uh, and, you know, pretty. Seriously, kumbaya for a hardcore business school middle, military guy. Uh, but in my class, I, I announced that the, only the final project would be graded. So the postings and others uh, just getting feedback and interaction. So they will, they, they should be open for criticisms. But you're, you're right. I probably need to put some mile markers in there and say you need to have the overview of the company by a certain date. Uh, you can keep editing it, but you need to have it up there. That's very, very well, very well, very well taken. You can see who submitted. You can say everybody on the team better submit something to the wiki every week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you can just have and, and obviously there, there's some mechanics about the class and how I do this with the class that are going to be different than a research project. But I, you know, in terms of collaboration and research, what I'm really trying to get at here is that this allows us to work together in, in an asynchronous way. Uh, am I discouraging the, I really need to meet with you once a week, let's, you know, let's go downstairs and have a cup of coffee and let's go through the papers? Not really, but this enables us to, and, and, if, and if you're like me and you need to be held accountable, maybe what you need to tell me is, I need you to read and comment on these things once a day and we're going to meet on Fridays to go over this or we're going to have a conversation on Fridays. And if we are doing that long distance collaboration like I'm about to start doing with a guy at, at Maxwell Air Force Base, uh, we're going to show how we can you know, blend this together with Google Docs and Skype. But I mean, how many of you use Skype? Uh, almost half, about half. Uh, you know, I, I opened it up. There's Pete in the back. Uh, we, we did this. Hi, Pete. It's like an air traffic controller. <laughs> right next to the airport. Thanks, dude. Um, we, we did this just. Uh, Friday, we were kind of testing it out at the same time that they were supposed to be setting us up with some other things, but uh, articles and research. So the three of us are working on this one document. So, so we go through the steps, we, we identify common research. And like I said, if you find things 
your journal articles or whatever in Lias, you can delicious tag those. Okay, so we can still tag the articles, the, the, the academic articles that we find. It's not just, hey, look, I found this really cool website for uh, buttons to stick on my web page. I mean, this, or, or what an interesting Yahoo news story. Uh, this is, you know, we, we, we can find the actual journal articles. We can then start fleshing out an outline in Wikipedia where we can then negotiate back and forth. Things that you want to have secure on the same thumb drive that you transport, transport your slides to class on, have you ever left a thumb drive in the classroom? Has a thumb drive ever fallen out of your pocket and you've gone, oh my golly, what have I done? I mean, anything is insecure. If somebody wants to get to your stuff. And so they're in a research group you're working with? Uh, not research group. We were uh, trying to come up with some kind of document which is useful as a data of a school or something like that for a project. And I said, let's have a Google Doc and we always uh, input our, uh, something about our syllabus in this so not one person has to sit down and kind of do it. We all do our own part and use Google Docs. Everybody can <coughs> edit it in the same document. And um, one person was reluctant and that person was in IT. And so it, it just fall off. Well, but is, is any of the information sacred? I mean, I mean, you don't want. I would probably wouldn't no, put people's social security numbers out there just because I wouldn't. Oh, I got to delete that file. My thought always on that is, what's yeah. the risk if you lose the information? What's the worst that can happen? It's well, about syllabus, which is anyway online. Most of yeah. Time. So, so what? So let's assume that it's not safe. If it's a yeah, syllabus, actually, and if someone gets it, so what? Actually, nothing's safe. Even. They can't tap your telephone conversations. I kind of alluded to it a little bit. I come from 20 years in the Air Force where we kind of have this paranoid schizophrenia about security. I mean, they're at the point now where DOD has banned thumb drives. So those USB thumb drives, you can't carry them onto a military installation anymore. Uh, for a while there, that was the only way we could transport information, right? Because floppy drives were you know, suspect, and you can hook those to your keychain. And I still have my keys, therefore I would still have my thumb drive until somebody copied a classified document onto a thumb drive, and the classified document made it into a RON. So, oh well. And but there's some people that you're not going to be able to convince. And my strategy has always been, I, as long as it's not illegal for me to use the technology. And I draw a distinction between illegal and lack of policy. Uh, they, they said they don't have an official policy against Skype on campus or peer-to-peer -peer on campus, which tells me that they think they have an unofficial policy, but it also tells me I can ignore them. Okay, <laughs> so um, remind me to get back to live mesh too. Um, so what what I, I look at is I'm gonna I'm just gonna start using the technology or bring as many people in as I can, and as we're talking about using it and it's relatively secure then they're either left out or maybe they're going to go, okay, wait a second, I guess I'll try it too and see where we go with this. I was not sold on Google Docs when, when Cole Camplice and his gang started talking about it. And, and I'll not be ashamed to admit that. I just thought it was kind of goofy 
And so I started playing with it and started using it and realizing not that it's a great way for me to not, no longer have Word on my machine. I still like what Word does for me in terms of formatting and Excel with VBA macros and stuff. But for what I want to do here in sharing and collaborating, this is a great way for me to, to do that. So I just demonstrate it. By demonstrating it, hope that they follow. And if they don't, I just tell them bye-bye. Look in the rearview mirror and wave. It's difficult to break the old habits. And if somebody used something and it was resistant to change. And Google Doc requires you have to have a Google account. And they have so many accounts already and they don't want to get another account that you won't. Maybe that's the reason, another reason. Yeah, and like I say, it, you can find me everywhere now as SCM professor. So I've kind of distilled it down to an account name. And if you, if you, if you were to Google me, you would find mostly my Twitter's uh, comments as SCM professor. But I'm, I'm pretty much, I've got a presence there under that name now. Yeah, he's, he's really important. And, and as, our, as our resident leftist, it's appropriate that he's also in big red letters. Uh, I was noticing that too, <laughs> So you'll notice, well, you, you may have noticed before I started. Uh, up in the bottom right hand corner here, it has also editing now PFS4, and that's, that's Pete. And so in this one document, we were playing with this the other day, and you know, Pete's got his headset on. You can edit simultaneously, huh? Yeah, yeah. So in here, you know, Pete can be working on the document. He can be talking to us. And, and so he and I were having a conversation. We can go through paragraph by paragraph in the document, just like we would do with that coffee clatch we were talking about on Fridays. But I can't do a coffee clatch with people on Fridays if uh, you know, this guy's at Maxwell Air Force Base and another guy's in Dayton, Ohio. So the three of us can pop onto Skype. We can pop into this one document that we're working on together. We can comment and review it together and say, here's what I think really works, what doesn't work. OK, Pete, would you mind rewriting the in this part of the introduction? Yes, I understand. I got this really terrible part I got to do. What, Peck, uh, can we, we, we scroll down separately, right? Well, there's two ways you can do that. There's a lot of ways. Any, any, any third party VoIP technology, right. we, we use Skype. Google Talk is out there as well, so you can stay inside the Google, the Google environment, the Google ecology, and just use Google Talk to, to type chat as well as audio chat. Um, with Google Voice, I mean, you just do the telephone call. If, if that's what you want to do, you can just do a telephone call. We were doing the video chat, so you saw him open the corner. Uh, Pete and I were, you know, we were kind of geeking together, and so we each turned our cameras around and showed each other our two monitor setups. And, you know, so my setup, it's got the two monitors and my microphone and my mixer and my notebook, you know. Uh, but when you have it set up with a nice setup, you can have the document on one screen maybe and, and Skype with the video chat on the other. So when he goes and throws the pen at me because I'm making this the bo biggest bonehead comment I, he's ever heard or, or read, you know, I see the pen come flying at me and, yeah, and virtually duck. So he's added to the methodology here, I believe, and highlighted get a dartboard and analyze the firm structures. Uh, was, we, we believe in the aerodynamic approach. It's, it's aeroengineering for uh, business analysis, I guess. Uh, but so, so what, I'm, what I'm really trying to get to is just the three ways we can collaborate. We collaborate in conducting the research. I like delicious tagging as a tool, but there's other things out there. Digo, whatever. What, he's, what uh, Cole, uh, uh, Chris Champion said about 
Vigo is it lets you highlight as well. So as you're going through a document, you can highlight what you think is important in that document for other people to see. Uh, on the other hand, I never did like buying used textbooks where somebody else told me what they thought was important. You know, take your pick. I think that, that that distilling process can happen as you work together on the Wikipedia or the wiki document. Again, a collaborative sharing document where you start structuring the outline and start building the information, information of the research the way you want it to go. And then you can take that outline and you can dump it right into Google Docs. Now, when you get it to the point where you now start adding in graphics and charts and, and all those sorts of things and you start segmenting out who's going to be doing what, there's this other thing called Live Mesh. If you can only work, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's this other uh, thing called Live Mesh. It, it only works in Windows. Uh, any of you Mac users? If so, tune me out right now. It works in Windows. It works in XP and Vista. Okay. Uh, and, and it works supposedly in 7, but I can't get it installed on any machine. Uh, You'll see I've got listed here. Well, I've got listed here Raptor, which is my notebook computer. I've got uh, Live Desktop, which is the, the cloud version of what I'm about to show you. Uh, Globemaster, which is my desktop at home, my machine upstairs, and the tablet that I have sitting here completely turned off right now. So all my machines are on here. And what I can do, did I just lose the network? is I can, you know, let's go upstairs. This is, this is the thing that really uh, freaked out the guys upstairs when I asked them to set this up on the desktop here. They go, we don't want this allowed on campus yet. Um, okay, I'm, I'm here as well. But what it lets me do is it lets me synchronize between folders. So I'm here at work, and I open this up, and I go to my office, I'm sitting on my office machine, and for instance, I record my lecture, and it's a 50 meg file. Well, 50 meg files are a little large for email. Uh, I don't feel like going through the process of logging into an FTP server or whatever. I just plug in my recorder to the computer, I drag it to my folder on my desktop at the office, and it propagates through to Live Mesh in the cloud, and it propagates that document to that same folder on all the other computers that I have registered in this network. Now, I tell you that not because, I mean, that's collaborative collaboration between me, right? I'm talking to myself, which is rather interesting at times. Tom will tell you, listening to me kind of makes you nuts. Um, but what's really neat about this is you can invite other people in Live Mesh to share that same folder. folder. So we've now gone from collaborating actively and live in a Google Docs to the document's about ready to go. We need to move it into Word to do some of that formatting stuff, to get the prettiness in there, to get the tab tables and, and uh, images. So I'm going to move it to a Word document, but I still want to be able to share the document. So Live Mesh, in this particular tool, allows you to see any time a change is made to that document, it propagates through all the different folders. But one person at a time One person at a time can change. If two people change and you both save it, you've overwritten each other. So I recommend uh, that you come up with a strategy that if you're going to do something and you're going to change it, either put track changes on, right? So you can do that inside Word, like we would normally do if we're sharing and collaborating on a document. Or I'm going to go and work on a segment of the document. My strategy is, Pete, I'm going to work on the methodology piece. If you would do the actual you know, thinking and analysis piece, because uh, I trust you to think and I trust me to just copy.
You know, so we'll, we'll go that route on the document. And then as we work and edit that document, and if we're both working on the same document, we gotta make sure we don't save over each other. So I'll save everything with an SPB uh, dot docx, and you save it with a PSF dot docx, and we can, then we can merge documents or something like that. But the idea is to come up with a strategy in your team, at this point, it gets a little more cumbersome. What I like about all these other tools, the only strategy you needed for delicious for conducting for the conducting of the research is what tags do you want to use, what common tags, and, and use all the other tags too, uh, but use the social networking there for for Wikipedia. It's just you all edit as you go. There's not a whole lot other than which wiki platform do we want to use. Google Docs. Oh, that's the other thing. In Google Docs, you actually get to see the editing thread. So if I go back to that real quick, revision history. Um, you see all the different things that we've done, most of them Pete attacking me. So Steve, Steve Barty, he even types my name wrong, is a, is a big git. Uh, so I changed it to Pete Swan as a big git. Yeah, well, but see, it's all here in the revision history. But we can go through and we can see what each person has done and we can, well, why did you do that? Or we can figure out that we both overrode each other at the same time, we can go and correct that as well. So there's not a whole lot of of, of things we have to do in terms of setting in place a process to move forward with this. That it's, it's all kind of handled on, in the cloud. The, the live mesh allows us to share in, in the cloud, sort of. It's storing it on our hard drives and it's storing it in the live mesh cloud as well. Because what it does is it uploads to the cloud, then the cloud is what distributes it out to the computers. Like I say, you can share with each other that way. But now you will have to put some sort of mechanism in place, some sort of of uh, governance policy in your team of how you're going to do the editing. How, how do you see people do that? Do you put a little, another subsidiary file where you check it out and return it or? Well, you can put the, you can put the main document up there. I mean, it, 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 any team can come up with anything they want. I, I would, for instance, say, let's put it up there. Here's the original document. Any changes you make, you're going to save with your name and track changes. Any changes I make, I'm going to save with track changes and my name on it. Rich will do the same thing. And then we'll merge documents and compare it to the original document one last time. That's messy. It's messy, but hopefully most of the changes we've taken care of we did in Google Docs. And so we take care of most of the editing things. We're, we're cleaning all that up in Google and we're watching what each other's doing there and it's clean. It's when it, it gets, so we just move to this in the final piece where we're tweaking the graphics or moving things around or I really would like to see this graphic before or after this paragraph. It makes more sense to, to talk about it and then show the graphic rather than to say, in the graphic you looked at above and had no clue what you were looking at. You know, when I work with people, we just take turns revising. So we'll say, okay, you revise first, then you revise second, then I'll revise third or whatever. And that way we, we can continue right. with one version. If you put it on, you know, in a folder where everybody can get at, and you don't make that sort of arrangement, then yeah. it might be useful to put an auxiliary file where people actually say, I've got it now, and then and nobody takes it until they're done. And, and again, I think that would be whatever you feel most comfortable with as a team and working through. I think the, the issue of security, I mean, different people have different layers of security that are comfort. And now, so some team members are going to want something completely different. Live mesh, is this uh, a, is it free? Yes. I haven't shown you anything that's not free. What's the limit on how much you can uh, keep in the cloud? Or, or keep uh, according the cloud? to Paul Therott on the Windows Weekly podcast, and he, he writes at Windows Supersite, supersite.com is his, his blog, he says it's a 20 gig cap, but when you approach the 20 gig cap, they automatically raise you, and he doesn't know how high yet. 
So it's free, it continues to be free. As you throw stuff out there, it continues to be free. I'm curious, I'm probably gonna get pretty close to that here pretty soon, some of the stuff I've been throwing out there. Um, so you, you kind of hit another point, both of you. When you talk about going, you know, it's your turn, so you work on it for a little while. What, what are the, thing, the benefits of collaboration that we get out of this? First off, we're sharing more ideas more, more easily with each other, so we benefit from just the interaction with each other and what people are finding, the serendipitous things. You know, a lot of times when we, when we do the research and we go, you're going to go research one piece, I'm going to go research a piece, and you're going to research a piece. We come together and we say, here's what I found that I think is maybe important. You may or may not even share what you all found because I'm going to write the methodology piece so you don't need to see what I found. At least this way, we, we can learn from each other as in delicious tagging, we go and we find these things out. With the wiki, we also are helping in, in getting ownership of the whole document as we're helping to structure the whole thing and we're engaging in this. And then finally, in the document itself, we work through that writing process. So we get the, the, the learning comes out of the collaboration, the enhanced aspect just for us in terms of what we're doing. Uh, we have, I think, a better document, a better product coming out because we're working with each other and sharing ideas sooner. Uh, we speed up the process because if we're able to work in a concurrent way, I don't have to wait for you to work for two weeks, which usually means I'm going to wait 13 days and on the 14th day go, I, I owe this deadline, so I'm going to jump in on this document. Okay, maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> Pete's going, yeah, it's Steve. It's definitely Steve. By the time the co-author does their work, you have to go back and reread everything to get back up to speed. Yeah, so, so, th so this allows you to, to shor shorten the timeline on these processes. So uh, these are just some of my thoughts on the tools that we have available to us to do these sorts of things. Are there tools that I'm missing? I mean, everything I, I've shown here is free. I'm a big believer in free. Uh, I'm sure we get funding to buy all the cool software tools we want, but if I can find all the free stuff, then when I want to go buy something else, you know. <laughs> Especially if 
Okay. Well, let me. What I went is I went in. I clicked two uh, two parts, two two points in time, and I said I want you to compare the revisions between one point in time and the other. And so it goes in here and it tells me what Pete added, uh, what Rich added, and what I added. And you can see this is just the most recent while he was messing around with his name, and you can see that he deleted out the one spot, you know, copied it right back in in this particular case, so we can go in and it'll highlight it for us in that way. It, it will require you learning some of the ways the tools work. In this case, it allows you to compare between edit points. And I'm not, I don't think he edited anything but up at the top on here. Uh, yeah, so the rest of that stayed the same. If I back it up, let's see, tools. Yeah, and, and you can pick the points. Did you have any tools that you... Email me his blog and stuff, SPB7. I will. Or just SCM professor at everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all the comments. SPB, well, SCM, supply chain management, or that, that's a Gmail, or SPB7 here. Sierra Papa Bravo 7. Uh, so, I mean, so there's ways to do that, and you can insert comments and those sorts of things too. So, so some of that is in there, and, and they've tried to make this as, as geared towards collaboration as possible, because the idea behind Google Docs is it's not just a word processor in the sky. It, it allows us to do these sorts of things. Yeah, I have someone who I, I work with, University Park, so I definitely University Park, it doesn't really matter. They want you to drive up there. <laughs> I'm sorry, did my bias show? <laughs> Should I delete that out? Is it? Uh, so, so let's see, we've got conducting, documenting, and writing. Did I, did I cover enough things to interest you, or is the food enough? The food is enough? <laughs> is, there anyth I mean, is there anything else I could talk about that, we, we, that you all want to talk about? Um, you know, in engineering stuff, we have like uh, programs, either MATLAB, Lab Windows, can we plug uh, in these softwares inside and can we make changes and make any simulations in softwares? I don't know specifically about how to collaborate on software development other than maybe using this as a, as a notepad for coding. Although I do know that Google has its own software source, Google source site, but that tends to be open source software. Uh, yeah. But if you're willing to share your coding, because it's not about the coding, it's about your research and your answers. If you're willing to share your coding and the iterations of the coding, you stick up there, say it's a beta, and other people can see it, and it becomes open source, and they can improve your software. I mean, again, I'm, I'm about free software, so I'm also very interested in the open source idea. I'm, I'm not concerned about people getting, I am concerned about people finding my data and my research and publishing my research before I do. I don't want that to happen. But as far as the team goes, and once we get it, any time we can get the information out in different ways. And, and so Google, I wish I remember the name of the, the specific, well, I guess I can figure this out real quick. Um, Why are you doing that? Oh. Is podcast, uh, the playing with podcasts a difficult, meaning 
the students can do it without much difficulty, or is it something that that requires some IT support? Say, supposing that I want to implement the it, It's pretty easy. Um, the, I, I got a grant, so I've got these small recorders that my students are using. The Zoom H2s are only $200 each. Uh, they're really powerful, four microphones can record quadraphonic sound if you've got a big enough memory card. Uh, so they go and they record the interviews that way. But with Skype, you can just get a plug-in for Skype and you can record a telephone interview. The Google Voice, which I, you know, I mentioned a couple times. You all know what Google Voice is? It's, uh, Google came out, they bought Grand Central. Grand Central gives you one phone number and when, it, when you call that phone number, it'll ring at all the phones you've registered. So I've got a 717 number, but I actually don't own a 717 phone. So if you call that, it'll ring my cell phone, it'll ring my desk phone, and my phone up in Williamsport all at the same time, or whatever other ones I check on. What's cool about this is, well, that's cool. If you leave me a voicemail, it also, eh, what the heck, let me just quickly. I'm already in Google. Did they open the public tech? They're supposed to be doing it in the next couple of weeks. So here's my, it, it manages through my phone, but this is my Google Voice. Now you see Pete Swan sent me yet again. Brady is a silly git. We seem to have a trend here. Uh, this is a text message. So he sent me an SMS text message from a Verizon phone into my Google number. It, sh it stores it in Google, but then it also sends it to my, to my mobile phone because I told it this is a mobile phone and can get SMS messages. Uh, one of my students called the other night. He left me a voicemail. Uh, hey, professor, this is Ryan Summers, so forth and so on. It converts it to text. It, e it text messages me that. It emails it to me. Hey, Professor. This is Ryan Summers. Um, just kind of moment, I was going to send Corell an email. So from here, I can also listen to the voicemail. Now, the other thing that happened, the day, the day it came out and the day I was accepted for it, uh, a, a local guy here, Aaron Aiken. Can you see there? Uh, just uh, try dialing into Grand Central. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so. So then I get this text message from him, and we're chatting on Twitter about the whole thing. We're playing around with it. And so he then calls me later in the day, and I pressed four while we were talking. And how about that? Yeah. That's a feature we've had all along. Hopefully my mother will call in. My brother tried, but we weren't able to get him in. Uh, because, because you can do conference calling with, with Google Voice now, too. So to answer your question about podcasting, there's a lot of ways to record a podcast. Once you get it recorded, um, once you get a podcast recorded, we have the digital commons, which is two floors directly above us. They have labs with GarageBand and those types of things. So you can just go in and sit down at the computer and edit the audio, throw. Penn State has, if you go to the Digital Commons website for Penn State, we have a lot of tutorials on how to use the software for podcasting and video casting and screencasting. Uh, that's in my tools and tutorials document. In fact, if you email me uh, at SPB7, I will shoot you out an email with the link to the tools and tutorials doc on Google, on Google Docs because I've published it as a document. That's the other thing with Google Docs is you can publish something for the world if you want. And so it, once I've finalized it, I think the world can, can, can link to it and pull it down. Yeah? Precisely, the reason that I'm asking this is you can record a lot of different things, but you have to spend some time on editing and then you have the right format and then bring it in the right place. It takes some time and 
sometimes. I, mean, I always try to see what, if I can uh, incorporate uh, uh, this type of uh, technology into the class, but at, uh, at the last minute, well, I always give well, up because you know, of the, the troubles that students have to go through just for to get over the hump on the technical uh, I, I would well, say this. Is why edit. I mean, he's big on editing. Yeah. Okay, it's got a few uhs in it. Leave them in, you know. Uh, leave them in unless they're. Well, unless yeah, you're going for, for, the, for the lecture you're talking about, for the lecture, yeah, you can yeah. just throw it up there if you don't care whether they hear the ums and uhs and stuff. Now, but if you're talking about the students doing a project, yeah, I do want them to produce it. Uh, but what I'm hearing from, when I, I gave a presentation similar to this to the School of Business Advisory Board, mm -hmm. and the people there, the VPs of whatever, they're like, wow, this is interesting. This beats the heck out of a PowerPoint presentation, hands down. And they love the idea that our graduates are coming to them, understanding podcasts, understanding that podcasting is a way to reach out and touch their clients, that, that there's these other tools and technologies out there. So while there is a learning curve for them, Penn State, through the Digital Commons, has made the learning curve institutional. Yeah, they, they've put that as an institutional process. And on top of that, uh, you know, the students are they're into technology anyway. I mean, they're walking around with iPods. But that editing software, you, you, he likes it, but it's, it's a voice pattern, and I find it's the most annoying thing in the universe. I will never, ever... Remember those old people that, that <laughs> died in the wall? I will never, ever edit with that voice software. Because he can find the us by just looking at the voice pattern without even listening to the thing. He'll go well, I'm not as worried. I'm not as worried about the us as I am. I, I throw music on the front end and I do an introduction and stuff like that, and, that, and that's for my classes. You can go in and look at a voice at a spike in the voice pattern and know to take that out without listening to it. And that's just annoying. Real quick, and some other collaborative things. Google is like okay, they're going to control the world. We understand that. We just all subject ourselves to the Google them, and we, we move forward. Uh, 3D modeling, so if anybody has to do 3D modeling for anything, collaborative 3D modeling with SketchUp. So they've got this interesting tool, it's really cool, look at the video, watch the tutorials on how to do that, and see what people have done with that. Kids have just had lots of fun in third and fourth grade with Google SketchUp designing places. Um, they're killing Google Notebook, so ignore that it says that there. Uh, but they also have, if you all use Google Scholar, I mean Google Scholar researches academic articles, and so it's more than just a regular Google search. Um, Let's see, I'm trying to find. Oh, Google Code, that's it. So open source coding gets put up here in Google Code. So I would almost, if you're a programmer, and I'm not, uh, and I'm hearing more and more programmers say the first thing they do is go look and see if somebody's already written open source code in an API for something that they need to have to do something rather than, than reinvent. If, if, if what you're doing is not having to write the software yourself as your research, then see if somebody else has a tool you need to get you to the answer that you need to have. Uh, or if you want, if you've come up with something, you want to stick it up there and, and put that up there. So. Oh, my, my wife's taking me to San Francisco for a conference. It's a, a, a computer security conference. And they're having a code bash, code breakers bash. And I'm just so looking forward to 17,000 geeks go to this conference. And, and my wife. So, you know, 16,999 plus my wife, because uh, she's not a geek. And so I'm just anxious to see what a, a code basher or code breakers bash would be like, especially when it costs 150 bucks just to get in. For 17,000 people times 150. But, anyway, so there's some other things there. Y'all may have heard of Android, it's Google's phone, uh, some of those things. So, did, did you get anything out of this? Is it the food? 
No, we are. No, <laughs> not even food. No, no we did. <laughs> <laughs> I meant no, no, not just the food. Um, we actually work on campus of the Institute for State and Regional Affairs, and it's um, five applied research centers here on campus. And so we do a lot of sponsored projects. And so you really want to encourage the collaborating tools. Yes. Yeah. And we work with a lot of outside sponsors. And we were already talking about some of the things that we did, that we didn't know about. Um, you know, we're still doing the old-fashioned let's meet for coffee and discuss this or work on this. Well, if you're buying coffee, I much prefer it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but it would be a lot easier. We do a lot of work with faculty members up at UT, too, and um, not having to travel back and forth and work on a, a report or analysis would be much easier doing something like this rather than spending time. Hmm. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell if I hit something of value or not. You're no. real quiet over here. No. <laughs> We're taking notes. I, you know, I've been using Google Maps recently because I'm doing a special research project locating accidents. And the way you can switch between the regular map view, the satellite view. I got it. I got it. Um, and uh, the satellite view and also the road view is, is astounding. It's, you can make place accidents really well. All these tools wrapped up. And uh, for us as, as supply chain logistics geeks, I mean, it's going to be really cool when we go to Google Map and we can have an API plugin that will say, okay, we want you to do some sort of analysis of routing and you know, we give it the parameters and let Google go and do the analysis for us. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool when it gets there. Yeah. Um, and if they're not already, already thinking that, maybe we need to suggest it to them. Um, What's the deal? Uh, this is off the subject of using these tools. Where are they making money on, on some of the stuff they're putting out there for it? Advertising. I don't know who's making money. I'm just talking about on some of the stuff they're putting out. Advertising. Huh? Advertising. Okay. I mean, they make their money on all their ads. And okay, but I mean, Google Voice, there's no ads within Google Voice, or are there? Well, Yet. If, you, if you're making international calls, uh, they say, within the United States, it's free. Mm -hmm. International calls, you have to pay. Okay. Yeah. Two cents two cents a minute. Well, That's about Sky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Google Voices, you know, they're talking are there about... Any tools, I to, are there any tools you've used, that these free tools that you would say, don't bother? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have talked about them. Hmm? In fact, if there were any, I would have said, don't bother, I've already not talked about them. I've forgotten know, them. I've forgotten them. I've, I've just okay. moved on. So I can't even tell you what was hideous. Okay. Well, maybe, I mean, if I, I think about I haven't used any of these at this point, but I've, I've heard of most of them. Thanks for coming. Do they, have, do they have tutorials? Yeah, that's the other great thing about what Google does, is that they do have tutorials for almost everything, and almost always a video tutorial. Now, I'm not sure uh, what delicious tags have. Yeah, Let's that's see. the first one. Uh, getting started, so they have, they have okay. you know, so they go to the frequently asked questions list and work through the tutorials or the, the questions that they have there and, and steps that they have, yeah. And I know Google Google does great tutorials. I see some good summer projects here apart from the summer code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I, I, I've got a, a renewed emphasis on certain areas of research, and the, the beauty of this is I'm able to reach out and touch five people yep. on research I know we've done before, and I've already thrown their documents up, and we're, we're looking them over already. Like delicious. Delicious. You're, you're bookmarking stuff, other people bookmarking stuff for you, you've got this network. You probably can look at thousands of bookmarks. Don't you find it at some point overwhelming to have all that junk in front of you? 
Well, it, it, it's going through this distillation process on its own, right? I mean, if thousands of people have bookmarked something, mm -hmm. yeah. then it's going to sort by relevance. Mm -hmm. And it's going to know it's most relevant by 18,000 people tagged this one, well, managerial not, accounting, and so it's going to be at the top of the list. I think that's wonderful that you can go in and put target cost in and get what people tagged. I'm talking about you're bookmarking stuff, other people bookmarking stuff for you, you're in a network of bookmarking stuff. Don't you find that you've got hundreds and hundreds or even a thousand bookmarks to wait Yeah, but I'm tagging as I go. And so while I may have bookmarked or, you know, or, or tagged a thousand different things, because I'm interested in photography and supply chain and transportation and service ops and religion and I mean, all those different things, when I go to look at my own bookmarks, I, tag, I tell them I want all the ones on supply chain and service. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to default. You've got hundreds by now. Yeah, but then I, then I try to do, you know, come up with the other, what other tags would I have used that I'm interested in? You know, so th there's ways to manage this on your own as well. So I don't know. That's how I do it. But well, you're right, though. Somebody's going to there's going to there's going to be a whole new era. Like I'll get so much stuff tagged, I want to just delete all and start over. There's probably going to be a whole new research area, a whole new area for people for development to manage delicious tagging. And so the next wave of uh, APIs coming out of Delicious is how to turn Delicious into a cloud. And I think they probably already have a Delicious cloud out there. Well, well, if y'all, the clouds are, have you seen these word clouds? The more relevant something is, the more often you use something, the larger the word in the cloud. No, I mean, it's kind of annoying when they do it for speeches, like they take a presidential speech and the biggest word is fellow Americans <laughs> and uh, you know, freedom. And then taxation is real tiny in the corner. Screwing you is you know, <laughs> down there too, but they've only said that once. So it's, it's hidden down. Um. Implicit. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful job. Thank you, man. This has been another presentation at theprofessornotes.com. It's a From the Kitchen Table production. Be sure to visit us at theprofessornotes.com and also go visit some of the other websites we have. sctoday.net, my supply chain site. And my son and I have thefathersonchats.com. Come and check out the things we've got going on at all three of those sites. Until next time, this is Steve Brady. Peace out. <laughs>